Welcome to the Deep Wealth Podcast, where you learn how to extract your business and personal deep wealth. I'm your host, Jeffrey Feldberg. This podcast is brought to you by Deep Wealth and the 90-Day Deep Wealth Experience. When it comes to your business deep wealth, your exit or liquidity event is the most important financial decision of your life. But unfortunately, up to 90% of liquidity events fail. Think about all that time and your hard-earned money wasted. Of the quote-unquote successful liquidity events, most business owners leave 50% to over 100% of the deal value in the buyer's pocket and don't even know it. I should know. I said no to a seven-figure offer and yes to mastering the art and the science of a liquidity event. Two years later, I said yes to a different buyer with a nine-figure deal. Are you thinking about an exit or liquidity event? Don't become a statistic and make the fatal mistake of believing the skills that built your business are the same ones to sell it. After all, how can you master something you've never done before? Let the 90-day Deep Wealth Experience and the 9-step Roadmap of Preparation help you capture the best deal instead of any deal. At the end of this episode, take a moment and hear from business owners like you who went through the Deep Wealth Experience. Brandon Neely is an entrepreneur Profit First and Bank on Yourself Professional, and the co-host of the Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast with his wife Amanda. They founded and managed Overflow Coffee Bar L3C from 2008 through 2018. Now they share their experiential knowledge through podcasting and through developing personalized financial strategies for individuals and couples and profitability strategies for businesses. Welcome to the Deep Wealth Sell My Business podcast, and I am delighted we have a fellow business owner who's had a liquidity event, also a fellow podcaster, thought leader, and we're going to do a deep dive into a few topics that every business owner should know. And let me just throw a little bit of a warm-up question out there for everyone. You all know about EBITDA, you all know about profits, but are you paying attention to cash flow? And is that important? What does that really mean? That's part of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to take you to places that you never knew even existed. So hang on to your hats. Brandon, welcome to the Deep Wealth Podcast. Such a pleasure to have you with us. And you know, Brandon, there's always a story behind the story. So Brandon, what's your story? What got you to where you are today? For me, I used to be in the Marine Corps and I wanted to change the world. I got in the Marine Corps, the hardest service ever. I wish I would have watched Full Metal Jacket ahead of time. I would have joined the Air Force. I went into the music industry. I worked with some of the biggest celebrities out there. And I realized that I need to get out of this. And my wife and I met. We ended up still wanting to make a difference in the world. And so we were thinking about coffee. You know, coffee's the second most widely traded commodity in the world. Americans, the number one consumer. Yet the poorest countries were coffee-growing countries. So we were like, let's do something about it. And so we launched in 2011 our idea of Overflow, our first venture in business. We literally, when we started this, we had no rich relative, but my wife would sell bags of coffee as a subscription model and deliver them via suitcase. So that's how we started before we even had a location, we were selling coffee. And that's how I got into the coffee world, did that for a few years. And I'm sure I'll talk more about that. 
And you know what, being here on the Deep Wealth podcast and liquidity events, and you had one, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Brandon, when you look back to your liquidity event, maybe you can give us both sides of the coin. If there's one or two things that worked really well that you would recommend for our listeners to follow as strategies, and some things, knowing what you know now, you would do differently or not even at all. Yeah, I think even some of it, the coffee shop, it was a great passion idea. People don't realize, just follow your passion. Well, you got to have revenue behind it and all of that as well. I remember a couple of hard problems that happened as we were, I don't know, in the business. The second year was one of the hardest business years for us. My wife had a miscarriage. I was in the hospital. My grandmother died, cat died, all kinds of things. And it was hard. We almost like, it just almost imploded. And there's a few things that I think about when it comes to business ownership or starting a business is know that you're called to it because business is hard. And we want to like, if you're especially a startup, it's very difficult. So you need to have that tenacity to keep going. Have a community around you is my second thing that I think about. Not just people who say, how's the business, but you know, how are you? Those people are really important and know your numbers. Those are the three things that I tell every business owner as they launch into their business and knowing your numbers is key. I think that was where it leads to one of my stories. My lawyer friend, we met up with him and he's like, we thought we were the bee's knees. We had this great coffee shop. People were coming to it in the South side of Chicago. It was awesome. And he asked us, and we told him we paid off our debt, we did all this. And he said, how much are you paying yourself? And I was like, that doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. We're doing really good. Look at all of this cool stuff. No, seriously, what's your salary? And that kind of punched me in the gut and saying, all right, we need to like actually not just pay the farmers well, pay our priests as well, but how do we pay ourselves at the same time? And so Brandon, talk to us about that because I would love to get your take on when you're speaking with other business owners now with what you're doing and you're guiding them towards a very prosperous and wealthy future. Let's look at, there's always two sides. We can always look at the glass half full, the glass half empty. Let's start with the glass half empty. When you speak with most business owners, what are some of the common pitfalls or mistakes that you're seeing time and time again? Yeah, I see some where you know, we say, oh, I'm a seven or eight figure or nine figure business. And I look at their revenue and all of this. And I'm like, you are not making any money. Like literally you're not taking home anything. You're just, if they're Amazon sellers, you're just working for Jeff Bezos for free. Literally, this is not a healthy business and you're killing yourself and giving all of that to Jeff Bezos. So that's something I think I see a lot where I want to see, where I see business owners a lot, they either overpay themselves, there's that camp, or they never pay themselves. And it's both, it's either, or not usually somewhere in the middle. Okay, so walk us through both. So overpaying and either underpaying or not paying at all, what are the pitfalls of that? Yeah, if you're overpaying yourself, you're actually stealing from your business and not gonna build a healthy business that can grow and overcome more things, obstacles, have cash in the bank in case a pandemic happens. So a lot of businesses failed because they didn't have the reserves in place because they may have been overpaying themselves. And then on the flip side, the people that are like, man, I'm doing this and that, 
and they pay the staff. They want to grow. They want to continue to grow, but they aren't taking care of themselves. That was us when our business was called overflow. Well, what I realized is I can't overflow if I'm not taking care of myself, not just financially, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all of those things need to be in place and you are not your business. And so Brandon, that is really a key point because so many business owners, they are the business, the business is them. And it's the mentality, well, you know what? I've been doing okay. Instead of paying myself, I can bring on another position. I can start another marketing campaign and the justifications go on and on. And so do a little bit of a deep dive for us. When you have the mindset, I'm just not going to pay myself and I'm going to put it into the business. The business is going to grow and eventually I will pay myself when there's more profits or more growth that's going on. What are we missing in that narrative? It's kind of like, eventually I'm going to go to the gym and get buff. Eventually that's going to happen and all of that. And you've never put in the practices to make sure that you're in a good position. So that's why I'm a huge practitioner of profit first. And if none of your listeners or anything have heard about it, it's a great book about cash flow management from your business. The idea is that you run a lean business, 30% for target allocation percentages is OPEX. And you run that in a way there. That's target allocation. You might not start there. You, your OPEX might be 50%. But the goal is to shrink that down and build owner's pay. 50% is owner's pay, 15% tax, and then 5% profit. What I find interesting in our marketing, our market world, we want to put money into the market and we expect a return when we invest in Tesla stock or whatever. But yet we don't think the same way about our business and getting a profit distribution from our business for the hard work we've accomplished. And so Brandon, when we say, okay, I look at doing the same thing in everything but the business, I'm not going to do that in the business. For the business owner that's saying, okay, if I do that, but I'm putting off some initiatives now because I'm either not going to have the cash flow and we'll talk about that momentarily or the money's just not going to be there. How would you respond to that? I think sometimes what we as entrepreneurs and business owners love is uh, shiny objects. So we'll get into all kinds of things and we think this is going to do it. This is going to do it. And we don't let the numbers speak. And so when you shrink it, you're going to be a little more creative and say, I only got this. So what can I do to overcome that? You know, and, and you might think a little more creative than just throwing money at it. And I think your family is going to love you a little better when you actually pay the bills and help instead of your wife or husband, who's got the W2 job supporting your hobby. We want to create a sellable business, not a a hobby that's not sellable. I love that. Okay. And so we're getting into that discipline. We're paying ourselves, putting ourselves as a priority, making ourselves first. Now on the flip side for the business owners that are just thinking, okay, I'm going to, yeah, okay, fine. I'll I'll do that. And I'm going to have something now show up on the books. There's an advantage when in the books, you're actually showing money, reasonable money that's going out to the business owner. Talk to us about that. What's your thought process with that? Yeah. So I never thought whenever I was starting our business that we were going to sell it. 
And so we had no idea. We thought we were going to be doing being lifers in that. So I just think reverse engineering, like, like almost thinking about as we built our business, we put in some trademarks and some other things, assets, our website, our email list. All of those things were assets that were sellable. And so what you have to do, and this is what I tell people in all areas, reverse engineer. What kind of valuation? If you were going to buy this business, what would you do? And be real with yourself. Because you know this, every business owner overvaluates their business and says how awesome it is. And the seller is very different. So reverse engineer, thinking through you know, if somebody's going to buy it, they're going to look at owner's pay and you're going to be out, but they want to see it as, okay, I'm going to put this in. I might have a manager in place. That's going to cover that. They want to see that. And you know what? There's two really important things for our listeners that you just shared, Brandon. And on the first side, you're calling it resilience. And I say the same thing, that resilience always trumps resources. And personally, Brandon, I'm a big believer of bootstrapping companies. I call it cockroach startups and having that whole mindset that goes along with that. Because my thesis is, and I've done this time and time again with my companies, and that's what led to our nine-figure exit and the whole deep wealth experience and everything else that goes with that. When you're constrained, whether artificially, like you're saying, Brandon, well, just put those constraints on, or there's actual constraints, hey, there's no money in the bank, you are forced to do things a little bit differently, and you'll become more creative. And that creativity, that resilience goes into culture. And in our nine-step roadmap, X factors that insanely increase the value of your business, your culture is an X factor that yep. a future buyer is going to love. You know what? Your money can buy lots of things, but your competition or your future buyer, your future investor, their money, all of their capital can never buy your culture. It's unique. And so the more rich and vibrant that your culture is, the better off you're going to be. And it sounds like, Brandon, you had a lot of experience with resilience with yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I don't know if you've heard of the 80-20 rule. 80% of what you do really doesn't matter. 20% does. And if you shrink the OPEX and you know what's working or what's not, you'll put more money onto it. You see people that get money and it's gone in a heartbeat because they didn't have that discipline in place. So with resilience, I think that one is we're infinite banking practitioners. Our biggest asset in a business was us. Our biggest risk was us. Our biggest need and all of this was us. And so we didn't see putting money as we were thinking about savings and retirement and all of this. We thought about how can I build stability so that way we can leverage and grow the business because our biggest asset was our business too. So we heard about this strategy called infinite banking. No idea that it was like crazy or any of that. We just were like business owner, put in some money and I have access to the cash value if I need it. And our emergency was a flood in the business. Literally, I remember towards the end of our business there, I was at the gym running on the treadmill and my staff calls me and says, you need to come in right now. The store is falling apart. And I saw a storm. There was roofers that had taken off the roof and they were repairing it. The shop is falling apart, literally. And we were able to overcome it because we had cash value in our policy. Because, you know, emergency happens, you still need to pay 
rent. You still need to do all those kind of things. It's just because that happens doesn't mean bills don't come in. So we use that policy to overcome that obstacle. And then we found out at that same time, my wife was two months pregnant. We had no idea. So we were thinking maybe it's time to sell. And lo and behold, there was a guy who had a bigger nonprofit around us would always ask me, what's my number? What's your number? What's your amount that you want? And we had recovered, got everything back. And I found out my wife's pregnant. He came to me on a day that I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm tired. I said, so what's your number? Probably not the best negotiating way, but that's where I was. And we ended up selling it to him. And luckily we did it before COVID. So timing was on your side and the right place, yeah. the right time, all that worked out. And congratulations with that, Brandon. Now I'm curious as part of your title, which is an interesting one, you called yourself a wealth stabilizer. So what's that all about? And while you're at it, for some of our listeners that don't know about infinite banking and what that means, maybe you can also give a, a little bit of a, a very brief overview of how that works. Yeah, I think about it in really the idea of a lot of people's wealth right now is upside down. They're in market and then all of this. And we see right now, our world is in a really precarious place. And what we want sometimes is guaranteed income. We want to really sometimes is having guaranteed income, having stable revenue coming in, regardless of what happens in the world around us. That's where the wealth stabilizer is. And when I had my liquidity event, I didn't know this at the time. But it pretty much was a annuity where I was getting a paycheck while I was growing my other business. And I think Wealth Stabilizer is more about building the foundations from your business to other things. And then you're able to risk more, do crazy marketing ideas if it's in the OPEX and then might grow or my flop. So circling back to infinite banking, Brandon, from a very high level I'm a business owner, I'm running my business, infinite banking, never heard of it. Is that some bank that I go to or is there a banker yeah. that I speak to or what's going on with that? Yeah, it's one of those things that people will run away from or people will run towards. From a business owner perspective, I think it's like amazing because it's all about cash flow. And so you can build policies where we can put certain amount in and we have access to the cash value at a lower cost. So I might put it in, my greatest asset is me, right? So it's a life insurance policy on me. You might have a key man insurance or other kinds of things. Banks use this all the time. That's how they've grown to be where they're at. And you can access your capital at 5% simple interest. You might ask, why does the insurance companies charge you for that money? You put it in. Well, they're in a business model too. So they want to make sure that they are sustainable, able to pay claims, all that fun stuff. But the companies I work with, they will pay dividends. So your money continues to grow, continues to build, even as if you never touched it. So then you can use it for a real estate deal or other things like that. I'm about to buy, a, hopefully, a commercial property. And I'm like, well, I got the money in a, my policy I'll take a loan for my policy, do the amortization schedule, and figure out what my APR. So really, it's 
leveraging what you have in the business through this policy that you're getting access to cash yeah. that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So I guess it would be another way of paying yourself first, like you are talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. The way I think about it, we've combined profit first, put 15% in a savings towards taxes. Well, some of my OPEX, some of that stuff comes on an annual or different basis. My goal is to grow my revenue. It's always the goal, I think, in, in business, try and grow that, maybe. And then I put my tax money that I'm saving, and my goal is as well to have as big of a tax bill as possible. Don't just try and shrink your tax bill. Your tax professional should try and help shrink your tax bill, but your goal is to have a huge tax bill because it's bigger sellable business. But I funnel that through as a pass-through entity. I create a policy that I can then use, and then I'll take a loan if I need to for the taxes. So we're on the one side of what perhaps we shouldn't be doing, and Pareto's Law probably 20% of the issues are causing 80% of the problems. Let's flip it now, Brandon. So if you could wave your magic wand, and you're Mm -hmm. speaking to a group of business owners, what would be, again, one, two, or three things that every business owner should be doing when it comes to their wealth and their finances and the business? I think the number one thing I tell everybody is know your numbers. Do not delegate that. And even if you maybe have a bookkeeper or accountant, know how that stuff works at least a little bit. Know how to read a PL statement, for God's sake. So that way you can make informed decisions. I talk to business owners who want to sell or want to do all kinds of things. And they're like, well, I'm not good at numbers. I'm not, I don't like that stuff. I'm like, then you need to get out of what you're doing because you need to understand that. And even before you maybe hire a CFO, understand what a CFO does before you hire it out. And as you grow a business, you might have a CFO and a a vice president of marketing and this, but you as the president needs to know all of those areas. So know your numbers 100%. And Brendan, what is the thinking behind know your numbers? Because I know some listeners are saying, listen, I'm really busy running the business. Math was never my strong suit. I have accountants, I have my bookkeeper, I have a controller. They're looking after all those things. They tell me what I need to know. What's missing in that narrative, Brandon? So my wife is more of the bookkeeper and in that world, but we have regular meetings where we'll look and see at the percentages and look at the our profit first and say, can we make a purchase on this or not? So I might not be that skilled in that, but being able to see it and make informed decisions on that, you need to, if you don't know how to do that, maybe you get somebody, but you need to be involved in the process and don't delegate that and just say, they're going to do it for me. And so for our listeners out there, some really valuable advice that Brandon is sharing. And even if it's a little bit of a high level overview, okay, here are the numbers, here's what it means that you at least get a big picture understanding because as the founder, as the owner, as the entrepreneur, you're going to understand your business so much more than everyone else. And big picture wise, you'll just know, is it working? Is it not working? And those numbers can make a big difference. And Brandon, let's go back to cash flow now, because I know that's a big thing of what you do. So a lot of people perhaps overlook cash flow or it's not even top of mind with them. What's the big deal for cash flow? Yeah. I mean, we always are chasing rate of return and saying, what's the rate of return of this and that? But really it's the cash flow that makes things go. You know, if I don't have enough money 
to pay the bills, then guess what? I'm in a negative cash flow. Banks love this because guess what? If you overspend, use a credit card, the most profitable business to be in is a banking business because then your negative cash flow and you put it on a credit card and they make 25% on the dollar if it's a 25% APR. And I think that too many times we're like just being marketed to and not realizing that we are all in the cash flow business. Even if you're not a business owner, how to generate more income, more maybe sales and making sure that you're not spending more than you make. And speaking of some good common sense, which you just shared with us, Brandon, I'm curious on what strategies can we be following that regardless of what's going on around us, the business continues to perform regardless of what's taking place? Well, I think that's, again, reverse architecting your business and building that from a financial standpoint. What I think about is almost stress tests. Like when I work with life insurance companies, they've already went through a couple pandemics. They know how this works. They have stress test the business model to make sure it's working. And that's a business model you learn from. And most people, I I think about this acronym that we thought about the chaos acronym, confusing, haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful. If that's your business that you're leading, that's going to be hard to retain clients, customers, everything. If it's confusing, haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful. Now that's the same that is applying right now in our world. And I I look at the tax code and say, is this by design that it's confusing? Maybe. There's an author, his name is Donald Miller. He says, if you confuse, you lose. And I've thought about this idea, not just in marketing, but in our system in the 401k world, right? So many people are putting money into a 401k and then they want to start a business and they can't access it without penalty till they're 59 and a half. They can't launch into a business because they locked up their money. I think it's intentional. So you have to move from chaos. And then I we've thought of this acronym called STILL. Now, STILL might sound like you're not doing anything. You got to actually know where you want to go, where you want to end up. If you want to create a business that's sellable, reverse engineer it. Or, hey, if you don't even want to sell the business, still reverse engineer it because things might change. So set your sights, track your in and out. You got to actually look and see and inspect your progress, not just tracking and budgeting, but inspect and see what is going on How many of these things that I bought that I thought was going to grow my business, but doesn't, what do I need to get rid of? What is working? Inspect. Look for 1% adjustments. We didn't just happen to build this over time. There's no overnight successes usually in business. It's that 1% that just showed up and they made little tweaks along the way. And then the next L is live deliberately. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing how... As people, we tend to overestimate what we can achieve in a year. Yeah. We can underestimate what we can achieve in a day or a week or a month. And daily consistent actions, day in, day out, can add up to get big results. So, Brandon, I'm curious, when a business owner starts to work with you, what's your process? What are you doing? How long does that take? And what's coming out of that? I like to work and really do a deep dive, full financial analysis. Even when I do my programs for the bank and yourself, I'm not going to just 
create a, hey, this is the policy that you want and this is what you should do and draw up numbers. I want to ask, what are your dreams? What's It's the still method. What are your dreams? What's your goals? What do you want to accomplish in life? How do we get there? And how do you maybe put a policy in place that helps you get there? Or maybe you need to run a profitable business. And I'll tell people like, hey, this is a hobby. And I have. I feel like I'm Gordon Ramsay saying, shut it down. So we've rebranded to Wealth Wisdom Financial because the statistic of 85% of businesses fail. I don't want to see that. I'd like to see them actually succeed, sell, do the things that they need to do to grow. Thank you for sharing that insight and that wisdom. Brandon, we're at the point in the episode where we're starting to wrap things up, and I'd like to do a quick thought experiment with you. So imagine now the movie Back to the Future. And as you know, in the movie, there's that magical DeLorean car that can take you to any point in time. And it's tomorrow morning, Brandon, you look outside your window, and there it is, the DeLorean car is there, the door is open, it's waiting for you to hop on in. So you now hop in, and you're going to go back to any point in your life Brandon, as a young child or a teenager, whatever the case would be, Brandon, what are you telling your younger self in terms of life lessons or wisdom or, hey, Brandon, do this, but don't do that? What would that sound like? I would probably go back and tell myself to learn how the money system works early because I went in and I got credit card debt, student debt, all the crazy things. But at the same time, I don't want to tell myself, too much because that'll alter me meeting my wife or, you know, those kind of things. So I don't want to screw up the timeline, but I want to make sure that I'm educated and learning. Some words for the wise. And Brandon is interesting with what you just said, because it's a common theme with our guests. You know what, Jeffrey, I love where I am in my life right now. Yes, I've had some really challenging times. I've made many mistakes, but where I am right now, I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for Mm -hmm. what happened in the past. And I think there's a lot to be said about enjoying the journey as well. I will never open a coffee shop business ever again. I loved it. It was a great experience. I'm glad I sold it. (laughs) There you go. Words from the wise. Brandon, I'm going to put this in the show notes. It'll be a simple point and click for everyone. If someone would like to find you online, where's the best place? Yeah, you can look up Wealth Wisdom Financial. You can find us on YouTube. We can find us on a podcast and go to stillmethod.com. And there's a little resource, not very big. We'll eventually write a book about it, but you can go there, get the Still Method playbook, and there's going to be all of the socials and stuff there. And when you do write the book, promise that you'll reach back out to us. We'll have you back on the podcast. And I would love to do a deep dive on that book that's within you, just waiting to come out to the world and make that difference. Well, Brandon, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Deep Wealth Podcast, and a heartfelt thank you for taking part of your day and spending it with us. And as always, please stay healthy and safe. Awesome. Thanks for having me. The Deep Wealth Experience was definitely a game changer for me. This course is one of the best investments you will ever make because you will get an ROI of a hundred times that. Anybody who doesn't go through it will lose millions. If you don't have time for this program, you'll never have time for a successful liquidity. I mean, it was the best value of any business course I've ever taken. The money was very well spent. Compared to when we first began, today I feel better prepared, but in some respects, maybe less prepared, not because of the course, but because the course brought to light so many things that I thought 
we were on top of that we need to fix. I 100% believe there's never a great time for a business owner to allocate extra hours into his or her week or day. So it's an investment that will yield results today. I thought I will reap the benefit of this program in three to five years down the road. But as soon as I stepped forward into the program, my mind changed immediately. There was so much value in the experience that the time I invested paid back so much for the energy that was expended. The Deep Wealth Experience compared to other programs is the top. What we learn is very practical. Sometimes you learn stuff that is great to learn, but you never use it. The stuff we learn from Deep Wealth Experience, I believe is going to benefit us of all I've done an executive MBA. I've worked for billion dollar companies before. I've worked for smaller companies before I started my business. I've been running my business successfully now for getting close to a decade. We're on a growth trajectory. Reflecting back on the deep wealth, I knew less than 10% what I know now, maybe close to 1% even. Hands down the best program in which I've ever participated. And we've done a lot of different things over the years. We've been in other mastermind groups, gone to many seminars, workshops, conferences, retreats, read books. This was so different. I haven't had an experience that's anything close to this in all the years that we've been at this. It's five star, A plus. I would highly recommend it to any super busy business owner out there. And Deep Wealth is an accurate name for it. This program leads to deeper wealth and, and happier wealth, not just deeper wealth. I don't think there's a dollar value that could be associated with such an experience and knowledge that could be applied today and forever. Are you leaving millions on the table? Please visit www.deepwealth.com slash success to learn more. If you're not on my email list, you'll want to be. Sign up at www.deepwealth.com slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Sell My Business podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help me reach new listeners, grow the show, and continue to create content that you'll enjoy. As we close out this episode, a heartfelt thank you for your time. And as always, please stay healthy and safe.